Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Seth Silvers, the founder and CEO of Story on Media and Marketing, where he helps businesses increase revenue through strategic, story-focused marketing. And Seth's passion is to see the good guys and gals win, meaning he wants to see the businesses and brands that exist to impact lives and make the world a better place, last and grow. So really cool purpose-driven businesses there. And then Seth is also the host of the Authentic Marketing Podcast, which you can find on all the major podcasting platforms. So definitely make sure to check out Seth there. Seth, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Nate. Well, Seth, why don't you tell us a little bit about StoryOn and and what you guys do and who you work with, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So StoryOn was birthed five, a little over five years ago in 2015. And it was started really out of a passion to see marketing be more authentic. For me, I've always been really just attracted to the concept of storytelling as well as really like purpose-driven work, purpose-driven brands, purpose-driven nonprofits. And it kind of came to a head for me in college when I was watching the Super Bowl and all excited to watch the ads and really realized like these suck, like they're well-made. <laughs> now I know a little bit of the back working of how those things work. And so I know it's, yeah, it's like millions to put it on the TV, but I mean, yeah. they're probably spending a couple million dollars to make a 30 second ad. And I remember leaving that party. And thinking like, this was the one chance that these brands had win my attention. And they chose to just do a bunch of like catchy gimmicky crap. And I remember just wondering and asking myself the question, like what would happen if these brands focused on telling the stories of the people that their work is impacting? And it really was a question. I didn't know if it would work. I was kind of thinking like, would that do better for them from a brand perspective and a press perspective? And so I kind of just like thought about that question for the next couple of years as I continued to just learn everything I could about marketing and storytelling. And I was the marketing director for a nonprofit at the time. And I kind of, this question was just kind of plaguing me. And then I started to see these examples of brands that were focusing on storytelling. They were marketing with stories as opposed to just getting ads and gimmicks and features out there. And their fans were more loyal. And there was all this research that was starting to come out that showed like, man, people are more loyal. They pay more. And they're more willing to talk about a brand if they're connected to the cause of that brand. So when I saw that, that was really why I started Story On was to say like, okay, consumers are buying based on stories. Like they're buying based off of whether or not they believe in the business. So I kind of saw this gap in the market to where there seemed to be this gap where not a lot of businesses were marketing in the way that people were buying. And it's gotten better over the last five years, for sure. This whole kind of purpose-driven business and authentic marketing is definitely more common and more popular, which is awesome. But that was how StoryOn started. And for the last five years, we've worked with purpose-driven businesses, helping them to grow online really through authentic marketing. So I believe the best way to do authentic marketing is through storytelling. And so We've kind of done a lot of different ways of that and kind of done that in a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, we've really specialized in kind of online content 
and online campaigns that are really focused around the stories within a business. That's amazing. Yeah, that's an interesting concept of thinking of, you know, what kind of story is being told. And like you said, it's something that we buy off of, but but that maybe businesses aren't even thinking about when they're when they're selling. So right. Yeah, I, I'm already thinking about that and pondering that and, and wondering kind of what that looks like, you know, like how how influenced am I by that? I was thinking of, you know, kind of when you have a certain spokesperson, an influencer or an athlete, and whether that's kind of telling a story and things like that. You can tell. And like I have I have no qualms with speaking out against brands I think are doing this poorly <laughs> and doing this well. But like Budweiser is the big example of like the Super Bowl. They'll tell an amazing story about this puppy. Like for 30 seconds, they'll grab your heartstrings. You'll be watching this puppy and somehow this horse saves this puppy and on this farm <laughs> and like an amazing story. They know that storytelling is the best way to transmit information in the way that people remember. Storytelling is kind of like the natural language of our brains. That's how we operate. So that in this susceptible moment where you're like, your senses are responding to a story, they show you their product. Every year with the Super Bowl, there's a lot of kind of like whitewashed tombs, if you will, where there's these really great stories that look really awesome, but they have nothing to do with the product. And they might work, they might be effective, but they're not authentic. And so I think that it just doesn't have the same results long-term with customers as opposed to actually telling stories that really authentically connect with your brand and with your customer. Yeah, that's great. So it has to be authentic and effective. I mean, it, it makes me think of when you get together with friends or family, what do you usually do most of the time? You know, if you're good friends or family, you're, you're telling stories and that's, that's exactly. where it always comes down to, you know, you're sitting around just telling stories. Obviously you got your small talk, but that's always what it kind of comes back to. So it's an interesting way to think about that. So, I mean, for businesses, what does this look like in practice? You know, how, how do businesses get into using storytelling effectively? You've said it has to be authentic, but what does that actually look like? And I guess my other question is, is this appropriate for all industries and all businesses? Can it, can it work in all these different environments? Yeah, those are two great questions. I'll answer the second one first of like, does it work for everybody? I think it does, but it does look different. And there are some industries where it's like a home run in. So if you're in any kind of service industry where your product is kind of like maybe a higher ticket product, you're not selling a $7 product. People are paying a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars for something. And in that service or that product is actually like really creating some level of transformation in someone's life. No brainer. Get those customer stories out there. Really, you have so many good stories. I think that it's a little bit harder with companies that rely completely on volume, low ticket products, just because it's hard. Storytelling is expensive and it's time consuming. And that's just the reality of it. It's getting less and less so, but I think that it's harder for some of those industries. To your first question of like, what does it practically look like? Every brand in the world should have a brand story and their customers should know it. Like their customers should know the brand story to the extent that they can share it with someone else. If my clients don't know how I feel about Super Bowl ads and that that kind of helped launch my passion for story on, then like I have failed. <laughs> so not that that just means I need to tell them all the time, but like right. having clarity around your brand story. And, and really it comes down to why do you do what you do? Your clients and your customers and your potential audience should all know exactly why you do what you do. Hmm. If you have a really clear purpose behind your business, 
you're going to be able to make really authentic connections and there's going to be stories that would be really valuable for your audience to know as far as like building trust with you. So I think on a practical standpoint, it looks like you got to know your brand story and you got to have some kind of avenue where you're consistently putting out what I would call like authentic content out there. So maybe it's a podcast like this, maybe it's a YouTube channel, maybe it's an email newsletter, but you have to be consistently getting these stories and getting these exciting pieces of content out in front of your audience. And if it's not happening consistently, they're just not going to remember. So I would say that. That's amazing. That's very practical advice. It resonates with me because QuickBooks, which is my software, I live on QuickBooks. They recently, within the last year or two, came out with kind of this automated bookkeeping feature where they'll do the bookkeeping for you. And it it felt like a betrayal because I was like, QuickBooks, I love you. I spend all my time. I get all my clients on you. Now you're doing this to me. Anyways, that's beside the point. But how do you differentiate yourself from kind of this automated bookkeeper or, you know, a giant corporation that can sell the same services for a lot less? And yeah, it does come down to that client touch, the value that you add by knowing your client, by understanding their story and using insights from other clients to help them really grow in their business and survive. Right. So that hits home with me. I definitely know that's something that I need to keep keep working on. But I, I love that for business owners in general, because whether, you know, whatever industry you're in, whether you're in bookkeeping accounting or something else, there's always going to be larger competitors coming in trying to right. sell the same thing, right? And being able to do it with more resources oftentimes. So it's always comes down to differentiation. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I was talking to someone on another podcast and they were talking about their website and they're saying, if I could only have one part of my website, I just have a reviews page. Mm-hmm. When you were talking, I thought about that, you know, as a, as yeah, a medium to kind of get that story across, is that something that you think is a possible avenue that you could start sharing some of those stories or is a review kind of too, I don't know, transactional, short, something like that? I definitely think it's a good place to start. I think that, you know, if you're a company that has a lot of reviews, there's probably a lot of information in there, good and bad that you should be learning from. So, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. People just really like conversations. Like that's why podcasting is blowing up right now is because people really like you and I sitting down and having a pretty casual conversation about something. And I kind of think that this shifted when like Snapchat came out and all of a sudden people were okay with something not being overly produced. Hmm. Like before then, if you had a marketing budget, you should create one video and it better be perfect, like really good. <laughs> so it's like, that's when you have like a lot of these scripted, really highly produced marketing videos mm-hmm. and like promo videos for companies. And a lot of people are still kind of doing that when the reality is the majority of the content that people are consuming, it's not that it's not quality. It's still quality content. Like this is still really high quality content, but it's conversational. It's less produced. It's mm-hmm. not overly edited because it gives people like the real taste of it. So I think that reviews is a good place to start, but I think that an even better place is have conversations with some of your best customers. Find your 10 best customers and ask them if they'd be willing to record a video about their experience and how your business or your services transformed their life or brought ease to their life and have those videos there. And that's gonna go even farther. And the part I love about that is that's free. Really? I mean, it's your time. And as long as you're running a a quality business, your customers are probably pretty willing to do that as long as you have a good product or service. So that's the coolest part. You don't have to have a huge marketing budget, you know, just sit down with with your clients who you already have a relationship with and make that conversation happen. So the only other thing I wanted to say on that is 
You mentioned kind of the move from very produced to, to more casual conversations. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's like realigned content consumption mm-hmm. to where it's made it more socially acceptable for us to be able to do this on Zoom, as opposed to like you feeling like you maybe have a less than optimal podcast because you're not doing in-person episodes. (laughs) And I think that's really healthy because the reality is we should be able to consume it all virtually. I'm sure you know this. It's a whole lot cheaper to do this, which means you can do more of it and you can do it better and you can invest more into your community. But I think that as quality just goes up and up and up, we're going to have really high quality expectations. And internally with all the content that we've created and with our clients, we always say that quality is doing the best you can with what you have. And so if that's your phone and that's what you have to create marketing content, use your phone. Your phone is probably a better camera than most DSLRs were 10 years ago. So like use that, but then you constantly have to like improve that and get better and better. So I think like it has to match where you're at, but I think that this year has made a lot of people more willing to get in with what they have as far as marketing goes. Don't wait until you're at like a certain level or have a certain level of equipment to like start telling stories, like get yourself out there to where every week you're communicating with your community in some way in a way that you're sharing stories. Yeah. That's amazing advice. Just start getting it out there. Just be authentic. And that comes down to, yeah, the authenticity you were talking about before not having the highly produced piece sometimes makes it feel a little more authentic as well to your customers or people you're seeing too. So it's this dance where like, you just have to show up and commit to getting better, but you also, I mean, you got to pay attention to what people are consuming and where. Mm. Man, that is so great. This has been gold so far. I'm sure we could talk more about this, but I want to get into your entrepreneurial journey a little bit. We talked a little bit about how you got into being an entrepreneur with the Super Bowl commercials and, and that great story, but what kind of challenges have you faced? What's it been like to kind of grow as an entrepreneur over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. It's been a challenge. So the challenge has been, that's been a challenge. And I think, you know, the first model, the first financial model that I thought story on would be, and I remember like pitching this to a group of people. So our original financial model was actually to like get businesses to allocate their marketing budget to philanthropy. And then to like, with a percentage of that budget, actually like tell those stories it sounded good. It looked good on paper. I had like this really clear path to like making a sustainable living. And it just didn't work in the business world, partially because there's already some ways that people are doing that. And, and I just didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. It's been a probably more expensive MBA than if I would have gone to college and it's taken longer, but I've learned way more. And I did go to college. I studied communications and marketing. But I think that for me, the biggest challenge has just been not knowing what I don't know, and also like letting people in. I started the business with a business partner, good friend of mine. And then a year into it, realized just wasn't a good fit. I bought him out, which was like, fine. We ended on good terms. Then I kind of had a hard time, like letting anybody in. He was kind of managing the finances. And honestly, until like these last couple months, I didn't let anybody else into the finances. And I'm sure, you know, this is bookkeeper. Like if you don't pay attention to money, doesn't grow. <laughs> like good, right. things, good things don't happen to money if you're not looking at it. So that's been like one challenge too, is just, it's been hard to make the business sustainable and to like really figure out just the finances around it all. I've been good at getting clients. I've been good at serving clients, but I think 
not letting some other people in to like be willing to get advice. You know, one of my strengths is I believe in myself and I believe that we can make this business successful and that we can serve clients. But I've had to realize like, I can't do that alone. It's just not possible. And so I have to let people in. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think what you're saying is speaking from the heart of so many entrepreneurs, I mean, myself included, I I liked what you said. You don't know what you don't know. There's so many areas of business that are so specific. There's no way to be a master of all those. But I think when we get into business, we're like, yeah, I can master all these, you know, I'll watch some YouTube videos. So good words of wisdom there. I mean, speaking of that, you know, there's so many professional and business development resources, podcasts, books, webinars. What do you use to kind of keep up on learning what you don't know and what you do know and growing in that? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I I think education and just learning is something that we need to be doing for our whole life, even just to stay sharp and stay growing. So, I mean, I'm pretty regularly reading a lot. So Mike Michalowicz and his books are amazing. So like Profit First, and then he has another one called Fix This Next. He has done such a good job at just simplifying business growth, like simplifying running Mm -hmm. a business from a financial perspective, from a problem solving perspective, like fix this next was all about, you know, how do you know what problem to solve? So like several of his books, I regularly rereading, you know, I'm just in the process now of applying the profit first system to our finances, which is great. And so like, he's been a big one that's been encouraging for me. There's honestly been so many podcasts that I like just learn. I'm like kind of always consuming and learning stuff. And so it's hard to like nail down some of the specifics, but also like, I think just being a conversationalist, sitting down and having conversations and wanting to learn from other people has been really huge for me. So I think that's been where a lot of my revelations and a lot of my breakthroughs have been in having conversations with other business owners. I've always been willing to learn from those people. The harder thing is not just adding more tasks to your shoulders. I think as far as specific resources, I love all of Seth Godin's stuff. I've read almost everything he's written and he's a really great voice in marketing for just like kind of realigning your marketing vision. I love Mike Michalowicz's stuff. I've loved Russell Brunson's books with ClickFunnels and like all of his mm-hmm. traffic and dot-com secrets and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really easy to build in authentic marketing funnels. And so I have to like kind of take all that with a grain of salt. But I think as far as the basics of understanding how online marketing works, I don't know if anybody else is communicating it with more clarity than he is. And so like there's some bigger names like Russell Brunson and Gary Vee that I'm not consuming everything they're putting out, but like I definitely stay up to date with what are they saying and kind of recognizing like I 100% agree with 80% of what they say. <laughs> and so recognizing like there's just going to be some things that are not me and that yeah. don't align with where we're going and that's okay. But that, you know, the reality is like those guys like Gary Vee, Russell Brunson, a lot of these guys, like they've built huge platforms and that doesn't really happen by accident. You can probably build like a million dollar company by accident. But like to build like a several hundred million dollar brand, there's going to be some truth behind it. And so I, I do like learning from some of the big dogs, but I always just have to recognize it's going to look a little different for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think, yeah, like you said, you have to pick and choose who you're going to go after too. There's so many good names and so much good content that if you were to try to literally follow all that, or even like 15 to 20, like you said, your task list is just going to be insane. That's great advice there. Yeah. 
Seth, any other insights you can give to business owners who are kind of in the earlier stages of building out the business or kind of moving through that journey right now? Yeah. I mean, kind of the last words I would say in regards to kind of like what we do is the biggest shift that I've seen in the last five years when we've worked with people is when somebody realizes that your story as a business is not really about you. And a lot of people, when they're marketing, they're kind of trying to convince the world that they're the best. Hey, we're the best marketing company in Colorado, in the world. You're not going to find better service, better products, better quality than working with us. That doesn't sound that different than a pitch that you've heard a million times. The reality is though, that's all about me. As opposed to making like this little shift where you realize that you're not the hero of the story. Like you're actually the guide. And this goes into the hero's journey, which is an age old storytelling formula. That's kind of been recently popularized by some great books about it. But this storytelling formula talks about how in every great story, there's a character who goes on a story, encounters a challenge, meets a guide, that guide gives them a plan and they either succeed or fail. Like that simple story, that's the storyline behind Star Wars. You know, you have Luke and Yoda, you have Katniss and Hamish, you have Frodo and Gandalf, you have Bilbo and Gandalf, like all of the great stories that we've become obsessed with. There's pretty much always a guide. You are not the hero, you are the guide. And so I think that's one thing that when we can change the language in our marketing from, hey, we're the best marketing agency in the world to hey, we believe in what you're doing. You're a purpose-driven business that's changing the world. And we believe that our services can help to amplify that. Two totally different pitches. One, the whole focus is on the client and on elevating the value that they have. And hopefully the knowledge, the tools, the services that I have can help you fulfill your dreams. So that's the one thing that I just think everybody needs to understand that one shift in marketing. Who is my target audience and what is the story, their dream story that we can help create? If you look at marketing through that perspective, it's going to change the way that you do everything because you're going to be positioned on actually helping your hero as opposed to being the hero. So I would just say those are kind of be my parting words is to really realize you're not the hero of your own story. You're the guide. It's a simple shift, but it's a shift that changes everything that you do from a marketing perspective that I would encourage listeners to just like step back and just look and recognize and see, have you been communicating as if you're the hero coming in to save the day? Or are you hopefully trying to provide the resources to help your customer live the best life they ever could? Right. I tell you to, to do a mic drop after that, but your mic is attached and you know, <laughs> we probably break something, but yeah, that is so true. And I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's, that's a mindset shift. I think, yeah, we just try to see ourselves as running in, saving the day for all of our clients from their big, scary problems. And, you know, no one, no one cares about my journey necessarily as a bookkeeper for their own business, right? They, they want to see what I, how I can help them, how I can, how I can guide them. But, mm -hmm. you know, they're not like, yeah, you're the hero. You're so great. So I think, yeah, we're a little selfish in that. And it's just a, a little bit of a mindset shift. So yeah. Thanks for sharing. Seth, how can our listeners get in contact with you? I mean, we heard about the podcast already. Tell us a little bit about that and, and where we can find you on yeah. social media and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I would go best place right now to find us is head over to the Authentic Marketing Podcast. This podcast is going to be, you know, it, it's a new podcast, but it's going to be completely focused on really hearing stories of people that are doing marketing in an authentic way. 
and also talking about what are some of the ways that marketing is happening in our society that's not authentic, that's not working. So I think that's a great place. You can check out what we're doing at successwithstories.com. And that's kind of the best place to connect with us would either be one of our podcasts or just head over to successwithstories.com. I'm Seth Silvers on all social platforms. And so, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to learn more about what you guys are going through. Awesome. Well, so much great content for our listeners. So we greatly appreciate your time, Seth, and your insights. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nate. Really appreciate it. Thanks listeners for joining us on the Navigating Business Podcast, and we will see you next time.